Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, June the 20th, 2022. It is currently 7.36 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. So question, how are you doing tonight? How are you doing this evening? Now, you may not be hearing this live, so whenever you are listening, wherever you may be listening, I I got an email just a a few minutes ago from someone, I believe, in Africa who's listening to a series that they found. So I don't know where you may be listening this evening or whatever time it may be, wherever you are, however you're listening, whenever you are listening, how are you doing? No, how are you really doing? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing spiritually? I, I, I want you to tell me, how are you doing spiritually right now? Everything great, you're growing, passion, zeal for the things of God, you're hungry for the word of God, you're reading, you're studying. How are things going spiritually? Is it possible? Is it possible that there's a problem right now and you don't even realize it? Is it possible that there's a problem with your spiritual life right now and you don't even recognize it and you don't even see it? And maybe other people around you don't even see it. And here's what's, here's what's weird. The people who may have the problem I'm thinking about, the people who may be suffering with the problem that I'm thinking about will be the people who will appear to be the most spiritual, the most godly, the people who show up to church, the people reading their Bible, the people listening to sermons, the people doing Bible study exercises. It may be those individuals who actually have the problem and those who you're like, well, they don't seem to really care about reading their Bible. They don't attend church. They've got all kinds of issues. They may not have this problem. They may have other problems, but the problem I'm talking about typically impacts. It typically infects those who seem to be doing so well spiritually. Everything seems to be going so great, but they're the ones who have this problem. Sometimes when things seem to be going best in your spiritual life, that's when you possibly have been infected with something that's very bad, very dangerous, and very deadly to your spiritual life. I want to take just a few minutes of your time. We're not even really going to get into the study in any meaningful way, but I'm just just going to hand you two words that I want you to think about. I want you to think about, and those two words are spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. Now, before I say anything else, let's just look up the definition of pride. Let's just look up the word pride. Pride. Definition number one, a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in bearing or conduct. 
a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority? What is your opinion of your spirituality? Now, look, if you're struggling, if you're having problems, if there's sin, if there's been failure, you this probably doesn't apply to you. You've got those other issues to deal with, and by no means am I excusing those other issues. But if you seem to be doing well spiritually, and you're like, you know what, I'm doing great. I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm listening to sermons, I'm going to church, I'm doing great. Great. Is it possible that you have a, well, too high, an inordinate opinion of, well, your own righteousness, your own spirituality, your own godliness? Maybe you have a higher inordinate opinion of your own importance or your own merit or your own superiority over others. A second definition of pride, the state or feeling of being proud. Number three, a becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself or one's position or character. Number four, pleasure or satisfaction taking as something done by or belonging to oneself or believed to reflect credit upon oneself. Now, this month is sometimes referred to as Pride Month. Oh, and many Christians get upset about Pride Month and like, oh, it's the LGBTQ community. It's the homosexual. It's Pride Month. And, and oh, we've got to speak out and we've got to condemn it. I wonder maybe while we're, maybe during Pride Month, instead of focusing on their pride about their particular life and their particular sin and their particular choices, instead of focusing on them and condemning that, I wonder maybe sometimes that this would be a good month for us to stop and look at, well, spiritual pride. Pride inside of us because we're really good. Again, we're really good. Christians, man, Christians are so good at being the nosy neighbor looking out the window. Do you have neighbors in your neighborhood like that? Always looking out the window, seeing what everyone's doing. Now, in some ways, it's a good thing, right? Because sometimes they know what's happening and they can be very helpful. Maybe if, if a crime takes place or something, but they seem to be always getting in everyone's business, worried about what everyone else is doing. And sometimes you just want to look at them and go, Hey, would you stop looking out here? Look in your own house. Look, don't you have things in your own house to worry about? Stop worrying about what I'm doing in my yard. Worry about what's going on in your own home. But Christians love, I think in Christians, we love to look out the window. Oh, it's pride month. Look at them with those gay pride marches. And look at them with the gay flag. And look at, look, at look, 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 look. They're pathetic. They're ungodly. I thank God I'm not like any of them. Look at us. We're better. And I wonder, I wonder, I'm not saying that every time anyone speaks against any of that, that it's proof of spiritual pride. I just think when we're talking about Pride Month, maybe we need a Christian spiritual pride checkup month. You know, you have certain months where, hey, go see your doctor and get a checkup for this, or it's time for a colonoscopy, or it's time for this, or it's it's time for a cancer check. Whatever the case may be, there's, there's different times where there's an emphasis on certain things. Maybe for maybe the month of June should be spiritual pride checkup for Christians. Where we look to ourselves and realize, do we have spiritual pride? Do we have spiritual pride? I want you to just think about that. I'm not going to do any serious teaching on it tonight. That's why I'm referring to this as, I call this part one. I know I don't need to start another series, but here, here's what's going. Let me, let me explain what's going on. I, if you've been paying attention, we've been talking about the you 
version, Y-O-U version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N, the U version Bible app, the U version Bible app. And I, if you, if you listen to the episode, I was contacted by them saying, Hey, we're getting ready to start U version for churches. And we want to invite you to be early in, you know, to, to be an early adapter of this program before it even goes public. We want you to try it out. And we're going to we're going to offer this to churches and to ministries. And I was I was awesome that I got that I received uh, an email about it. I'm like, OK, that's cool. So I started immediately signing up going, let me let me try this because you version is used by what, 500 million people, some crazy number. I'm like, well, let's see what it looks like. Let's look at it. So on the YouVersion app, you should be able to search for Theology Central and find us. And you can make it, if you, if you go into the YouVersion app, if you go into the YouVersion app and you go to more, uh, I think there's a thing where you can choose a, a, a thing called My Church, My Church. And you can make Theology Central, in a sense, your church. Right now, we have uh, seven people. Well, we had eight. So someone... <laughs> Someone dropped off. Someone decided, we don't like you. I don't know. I don't know what. We had eight. Now we've dropped down to seven. So it didn't take long, okay? But uh, we, we have seven so far. Seven people have set this as their church. And one of the things I had to do when I set it up, one of the things I had to do is they said, you have to choose um, a plan. You have to choose a plan. I'm like, wait, I have to choose a plan. A plan for what? And they're like a like a, a Bible reading plan. You have to do this in, in the initial setup. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? What do I do? What 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 do I set up? What do I set up? And so I looked around, I looked around, I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll choose that one because it looks interesting. It's on spiritual pride. And it's a three-day devotional reading plan three days. Anybody can participate in it. Now, the devotional, yeah, they have a, I mean, it's typical evangelicalism where, you know, uh, God told me this, you know, God speaking to them outside of the Bible. Okay. I, I try to ignore that. That that bothers me to no end. But 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 the subject is a spiritual pride. So I could either sit there and go, oh, look, this devotional is messed up. Oh, they're, they're wrong. And now I, I do believe it's perfectly okay to call out what I believe is theological error. But at the same time, I don't want to just say, well, look, they're wrong. I'm right. I want to go, okay, I disagree with this, but they're talking about spiritual pride. What can I learn? Because I don't know about you. I know I have experienced spiritual pride, been guilty of spiritual pride, and spiritual pride has made a complete train wreck of my spiritual life way too many times. Way too many times my spiritual life, I, I let's see here, I've got, I've got a bottle here. I'm going to put this cap on it, make sure I don't spill water everywhere. Here I am. I know you can't see this, but I'm way up in the air. Ooh, I mean, I'm doing great spiritually. I'm, I'm moving up. I'm moving on up. I'm just moving all the way up to, you know, to the penthouse in the sky. Okay, yeah, referencing a, an old sitcom. Okay, all right. But but I everything's going great in my spiritual life. And then all of a sudden, boom, I come crash. I almost just knocked everything over. I come crashing down. Brought back. It's like spiritual pride is the gravity to your spiritual growth. It will bring it, it will throw you off the building and just break you into a million pieces. So I've been working a little bit on this devotional reading plan. I've, I've not completed the third day because I'm just waiting to see if other people would sign up for it and want to talk about it. So I've been waiting, uh, but then I thought, you know, 
we need to do something with this. And then I remember Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards had a very interesting thing about spiritual pride. So I, I dug that out and I have that. So what we're going to do is we're going to begin a little discussion about spiritual pride. I, I'm not I'm not saying this is going to be some major extensive study, but it'll at least be uh, some discussions, some conversations on the subject of spiritual pride, because I think it's a it's a major issue. It's a major issue. I'll just pull up from, from Jonathan Edwards, if I can find where I kept it. Jonathan Edwards, this, this, is, this is what Jonathan Edwards says in regards to spiritual pride. All right, this is what Jonathan Edwards said. Are you ready? The first and worst cause of errors that abound in our day and age is spiritual pride. The first and worst cause of errors that abound in our day and age is spiritual pride. I don't think most Christians would have, most Christians say the first and worst cause of errors that abound in our day, oh, it's critical race theory, it's liberals, it's Democrats, it's Biden, it's LGBTQ, it's transgender, it's, 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 it's music, it's video games, it's, it's, it's Disney, it's, it's everything. But what if possibly the first and worst cause of errors that abound in our day and age is spiritual pride? Oh, I'm not getting any amens. Nope. I don't think I'm going to get any amens on this. I think people are like, ah, oh, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. I, I know because nobody wants to address spiritual pride because it's nobody wants to address it because it hurts. Jonathan Edwards went on to say, this is the main door. Spiritual pride is the main door by which the devil comes into the hearts of those who are zealous for the advancement of Christ. The door for the devil to, in a sense, walk right into your life is spiritual pride. And it, it happens to those who are zealous for the things of God, hungry for the things of God, passionate for the things of God. But the door, spiritual pride opens the door and says, come on in, come on in, Satan. Just come on in, make yourself at home. But see, we won't see it because we're like, look, I'm zealous for the things of God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm studying my Bible. I'm listening to sermons and I hate sin. Look at me. Oh, before you know it, your so-called righteousness comes a, a millstone around your neck, pulling you down, and you don't even realize what's happening. Jonathan Edwards went on to say, spiritual pride is the chief inlet of smoke from the bottomless pit to darken the mind and mislead the judgment. Spiritual pride is the way the smoke from the bottomless pit comes in and it darkens your mind so you can't think correctly and it, mis it misleads your judgment. It, mis it misled the judgment. Your judgment is wrong now. You don't judge things correctly. Your judgment is wrong. Your thinking is wrong because spiritual pride is the, the very doorway for all of this to occur. So, so how are you doing tonight? How, how are you doing spiritually? I, again, I'm going to ask that question. Now, in the YouVersion app, and again, I would challenge you to find us on YouVersion. Choose uh, Theology Central as your quote-unquote church. 
doesn't mean that we're your actual church. It just means that we're kind of the ministry you're going to follow on you version. Because I, there's a probably high probability your church is not even using the app yet. Okay, so we're, we're, we're trying to be one of the first because we're going to make most. Of, hey, an app that has 500 million people, I'm going to find a way to use it right now. In fact, if you go to events right now on the Uversion app, oh, yeah, we're live on, on the events section on the Uversion app. See, we're, we're, we're going to try everything. But I want you to just find us so that you can subscribe to the Spiritual Pride devotional and you can look at it for yourself. Now, I'm not going to go through the devotional right now, but I am going to do this. On day one, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14 was the reading. Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14. Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14. Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Spiritual pride is when you start looking down on everyone else. And in a sense, you don't even realize it. You're trusting in your righteousness. Look, I I know I'm going to tick off a lot of people. There's an entire theology out there that says, how do you know you're saved? By what you do. Now, they'll say, no, 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 no. It's not what you do. It's what God's doing for you. But what do you look? You look at the practical righteousness, the practical acts. I do this. I go to church. I do this. I do this. That's how you know you're saved. You look to your actions. And I, and I will say to this day, that is absolutely wrong. If you want to know if you're saved, you look to Christ's righteousness that's imputed to you by faith. You look to the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's what you look to. That's your only hope of salvation. That's the only way you know you're saved. If you look to your righteousness, do you really think that proves salvation? Because your righteousness is corrupted with all kinds of things. Like, oh, I don't know, spiritual pride? Luke 18, verse 10. Two men, so he he tells this parable to, to, to demonstrate this. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee was standing and praying like this, uh, like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, greedy, unrighteousness, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you this, I tell you, this one, the tax collector, the one who was the great sinner, he went to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. But I want you to see see this. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified. The one went to his house justified, and that was the one who was the great sinner. That was, see, in our way, we would say, no, no, you see that great sinner? No way he can be saved. No way he can be saved. Someone couldn't be saved and live like that. Someone couldn't be saved and be a tax collector. No, we would be already writing him off. We'd be like, nope, not saved, not saved, not saved. He went home justified before God. The Pharisee was justified in his eyes and maybe the eyes of others. So many times when Christians start pronouncing their judgments, I wonder if that's their judgment 
or God's judgment. Now, we think we're always pronouncing God's judgment. But here's the real question I have for you. Do you want to be justified in your eyes or in the eyes of others? Or do you want to be justified in the eyes of God? If you want to be justified in the eyes of God, then it's not, Lord, look at all, look at what I have done. No, if you want to be justified in the eyes of God, strike your chest and say, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. No one else's fault. I am a sinner. And my only hope is the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's his obedience, his righteousness. That's my only hope. That's it. I, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve anything. Now, you may go home justified. You may not go home justified in the eyes of the church. You may not go home justified in the eyes of your Christian friends. You may not go home justified in the eyes of your Christian parents. But you know what? Who cares if you're justified in their eyes? Worry about being justified in the eyes of God. The sinner went home justified. The righteous Pharisee who tithed and did all, and he wasn't all of those things. No, no, no. He did not go home justified. I cannot stress this enough. The, the, the Pharisee said, I thank God that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. Say, hey, I'm not, I'm not a cheater. I'm not a sinner. I'm not an adulterer. Other people are. Well, the one who says, I'm not worthy. Maybe he was a cheater. Maybe he was a sinner. Maybe he was an adulterer. He could still be justified before God because our justification is based off what Jesus does for us, not what we do for him. Do you want to be justified in the eyes of God or the eyes of men? Do you want to be justified in your own eyes or in the eyes of God? Spiritual pride. I challenge you. Download the YouVersion app. Find us, Theology Central, and follow the plan, the three-day plan on spiritual pride. You may not agree with everything in the devotional. I'm not asking you to agree with everything. I'm not saying everything in it is good. But it gets us talking about spiritual pride. It gets, and I want you to just think about Luke uh, verses, uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. I want you to just meditate a little bit on that tonight. Let's have a discussion. Let's talk about spiritual pride. Let's talk about it. Now I'm all fired up. Now I want to just go like an hour of teaching. But I, but no, I don't want to do that. I just want to kind of place it before you. Like, like I, I just kind of walked up to the kitchen table and said, here you go, guys. A big plate of spiritual pride to discuss, to eat, to feed upon, to meditate on. Start t- t- talking about it. Not, not spiritual pride in the sense like, I want you to consume spiritual pride so you'll be spiritual prideful. No, I've given you the subject to meditate on, to think about, to discuss. I, I, I really want to go to the Jonathan Edwards writing, which is really, really powerful on the subject. But what, what do you see about Luke 18, 9 through 14? What, what jumps out at you about spiritual pride? What, what, what do you see? What do you see? Uh, there's so much more I could say, but I would rather stop and make you go, no, 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 don't stop. Now, no one is saying, no, 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 don't stop. No one's saying anything. Don't even know who's currently listening to us live. Well, if you're listening to us on the version app, you can't say anything. Church One app, you can't say anything. If you're listening on Spreaker, you can. So uh, wherever you may be, you can contact me immediately, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Tell me how you were listening. I always love to hear that. And just what's your thoughts on spiritual pride? Do you, do you agree 
with Jonathan Edwards that the first and worst cause of errors that abound in our day and age is spiritual pride? I look forward to hearing from you. Again, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. Just kind of an impromptu. Hey, that's, I love having the ability just to go live whenever. Whenever I'm thinking about something, I can share it with you. That's the joy of this. So we'll talk about this more tomorrow or maybe later tonight. Who knows? Whenever we'll be talking about it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. God bless.